the Mayrad hero, he too may rave. I'm going after freedom if it leads me to my grave. That's why I'm marching. Yes, I'm marching. I'm marching down freedom's road. United we stand, divided we fall. Let's make this land safe for one and all. I've got a message, and you know it's right. Black and white together, unite and fight. That's why I'm marching, yes, I'm marching. Marching down freedom's road. Ain't no fascist gonna stop me, no Nazis gonna keep me from marching down freedom's road. Welcome to Political Musings this Monday before Thanksgiving. This week, we are going to be hearing from and learning about Josh White. Now, Josh White was an activist, a performer, a guitarist of incredible talent, who eventually got caught up in the Red Scare of McCarthyism and uh, had a a, a short life died. He was only about 55 when he died. But great music in his legacy influenced some greats like Harry Belafonte. He had his own style which was sort of the happy medium that he found that was between, you know, the, the guy in the overall singing country music and the nightclub performer in the tux. What he wore was a nice pair of slacks and a nice shirt unbuttoned at the top buttons. And that influenced style of other performers like him, as well as his singing and his music. Now, when he was just seven years old, Josh's father was nearly beaten to death because he threw a white bill collector out of his house. He was then, his father was then committed to a mental institution where he died nine years later. So, you know, just seven years old and he's lost his father. Then when he was nine years old, he left home to tour with Blind Man Arnold, a black street performer. And while he was touring with him, he learned to sing and dance. And he would send home his mother $2 a week to help her take care of his siblings and herself, with their father obviously gone out of the house. Now, uh, Blind Man Arnold recognized the talent of this young boy and so he started renting out his services to other blind street performers including blind blake and blind joe taggart josh learned all of their guitar styles while working with them and became a consummate guitarist now when he was 16 years old uh, while touring with Blind Joe Taggart, 
he was discovered by a Paramount movie producer, um, not movie producer, I'm sorry, record producer, Paramount Records, and uh, this gentleman started using him as a session artist. Oh, and I should mention, while he was traveling with those blind black street performers, they were staying in black hotels, and he was forced to sleep out in cotton fields and in barns and, and the like. And uh, they, they kept him barefoot and raggedy clothes so that he would be more sympathetic. Tragedy, really, really. But from that tragedy was built a, was made a consummate musician, singer, performer, actor. All of this came out of that very sad early in life experience. Let's let's take a little break here and listen to another one of his songs. This is Southern Exposure. Josh White, Southern Exposure. Just can't stay 
Yes, I'm leaving, yeah, just can't stay. Lord, I'm leaving, yeah, cause I just can't stay. I'm going where I can get more decent pay. Josh White. We're talking about Josh White on this Monday before Thanksgiving, a consummate artist who really helped influence many, many other artists from the time. Well, when we last left the story, Josh had been recruited as a session artist by Maya Williams, a producer at Paramount Records. And when Williams left Paramount to start his own label in Chicago, he threatened Taggart, which is who brought Josh White to Chicago, that uh, he would have him arrested for indentured servitude for keeping the boy out of school if he, if uh, Tiger didn't start paying him. So after a few months, uh, White ended up sharing a room with Blind Blake in Maya Williams' home um, and eventually got his own room at a boarding house. He was finally being paid for his recordings. When he had any, you know, was able to save up enough, he could get proper shoes and clothes, and uh, he could, you know, take care of himself. So for the next two years, he had an active recording session in Chicago until he had saved enough money to go back home. He wanted to take care of his mother and younger siblings. Well, in 1930. ARC Records out of New York sent two A&R men to find White because they'd, they'd heard the recording sessions from 1928, so two years earlier. They found him in Greenville in his mother's home and they got him to sign a con, got her to sign a contract for her underage son, promising that they would record only religious songs and not the devil's music, in other words, the blues. White then moved to New York City, recorded religious songs for ARC, billed as Joshua White, the singing Christian. Let's hear another one of Josh White's songs. This one is Citizen CIO. Uncle Sam in every way 
looking up old king Tell me the reason, brother The Union fights my battles every day Well, tell me your name, brother Tell me your name Tell me your name Because I sure like to know I'll tell you my name Yes, I'll tell you my name It's very plain My name is Citizen C.I.O. Love your country, brother. Yes, I love it more than I can tell. I'll come to join the army, brother. I want to send those fascists straight to hell. Well, tell me your name, brother. Tell me your name. Tell me your name, because I sure like to know. I'll tell you my name. Yes, I'll tell you my name. It's very plain. My name is Citizen C.I.O. Glad I met you, brother. Okay, but the same goes here. Stick around a long time, brother. You bet I will a hundred thousand years. Well, tell me your name, brother. Tell me your name. Tell me your name, because I sure like to know. I'll tell you my name. Yes, I'll tell you my name. It's very plain. My name is Lucy I.O. Well, after Josh had come back to, had gone to New York to record, uh, he started recording some secular music, even though his mother disapproved, and the religious recordings, as I said earlier, under the name of Joshua White, the singing Christian law blues appear uh, issued both his own name and under a pseudonym Pinewood Tom. Pinewood Tom, and uh, he recorded as a soloist with other artists and with other artists uh, such as Clarence Williams, Leroy Carr, Buddy Moss. He also was heard on a nationally broadcast CBS radio show called Harlem Fantasy with Clarence Williams Southern Airs. Let's hear another song. We're listening and talking about Josh White today, singer-songwriter, activist, folk singer, Blues. This next one is called Jim Crow Train.
that train whistle blow? Can't you hear that train whistle blow? Can't you hear that train whistle blow? Lord, I wish that train wasn't Jim Crow. the trains, I can ride this train. Stop Jim Crow so I can ride this train. Stop Jim Crow so I can ride this train. Black and white folks riding side by Hear that train whistle blow Can't you hear that train whistle blow Can't you hear that train whistle blow Oh Lord, this train is Jim Crow What a great song. Jim Crow Train. Jim Crow Train. We're talking about Josh White today. You're on Political Musings. It's singer, songwriter, activist who was uh, caught up in the Red Scare and had many hard times in his life. In February of 1936, he got in a bar fight, punched his left hand, which for the those of you who don't play guitar, your left hand does most of the work. It really does. That's, that's the one that makes the chords. So really, it's doing the hard work. And uh, while he was doing that, his hand, you know, he punched his left hand through the glass door. His hand became infected with green green. And the doctors wanted to amputate it, and he just refused. Uh, so for a while, he couldn't—he couldn't really play guitar. So he he stopped recording for a little while, and went, became a dock worker, an elevator operator, building superintendent. While his hand was lame, but he every day he had a little rubber ball, small rubber ball, and he would squeeze on it to work that hand to try and get it back to life. And then, you know, one night during a card game, it came back. It was revived. And so he started practicing guitar again, and he put to, together a group. This group was called Josh White and the Carolina, Carolinians. Um, that that group included his brother Billy. You know, he had uh, he was one of five siblings. 
He uh, also had his close friends, Carrington Lewis, Sam Gary, and Bayard Rustin. Now, I don't know if I've, I've talked about Bayard Rustin on this show before, but Bayard Rustin was black and gay and was the organizer of the famous March on Washington at which the famous mountaintop speech was given, the I Have a Dream speech that uh, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. gave. That was organized by Baird Reston. And because Baird Reston was an openly gay man, they kept him in the background. They didn't anybody want to see his face because of what that might cause. And this little group that was put together, Josh White, his brother, and Baird Rustin and Sam Gary and Carrington Lewis, they began playing at private parties in Harlem. And then uh, one New Year's Eve party, there was a Broadway choral director by the name of Leonard DePower. And uh, he recognized the talent there and started working with him uh, for a Broadway musical uh, called John Henry. He'd been searching for singer-guitarist to play the role of Blind Lemon, a street minstrel who wandered back and forth across the stage narrating the story and song. What a neat thing to be your first so having had this background of working with all these street performers, these uh, blind men, him playing them on stage, essentially. Now, uh, 1940s, that was a, a different time for, for him. First of all, uh, John Henry opened on Broadway in 1940 with Paul Robeson as John Henry and Josh White as Blind Lemon Jefferson. Didn't have a very long run, but it did boost White's career. He started working with Woody Guthrie, Lead Belly, Burl Lives, and the Golden Gate Quartet in a CBS radio series called Back where I come from. Now that, that was a, a folk song written by a folk song collector called Alan Lomax. Let's hear another Josh White song at this moment and we'll, we'll come back to his story. This next song is called Nine Foot Shovel. Here's Josh White with Nine Foot Shovel. Got a nine foot shovel My pick is four foot long Got a nine foot shovel 
you use a pick and shovel, show came as around. If you ain't a man, show God bring you down, cause I've been shoveling, shoveling. Got to get up in the morning, face the rising sun, get my pick and shovel, grab my lunch and run, have don't like me, lagging me all the time. Someday I'll take my shovel. Well, I guess you get tired of listening to my song. Guess you get tired of listening to my song. Josh White. We're talking about Josh White today. I had not previously known about Josh White before, but the other day I was going through, every once in a while, when I'm looking for a particular song, I'll come across an album, and I just go, wow, I just want to download that whole album, because it looks, it's just great. And that, that is actually what happened with an album called Power to the People. This collection of early 20th century protest music. And it's fascinating. One of the uh, performers that was in that, on that album, it had uh, a good number of songs listed was Josh White. So I said, I, you know, I'm going to go look this up. Never heard of Josh White before. And I found the story just fascinating. That everything that he went through, you know, just a little kid, his dad gets carted off and put in an institution. You know, before his dad was severely beaten, they tied him to a horse and drug him through town. Does that sound familiar? Jasper, anyone? So uh, his dad did survive that beating and being dragged by a horse through town just barely and put into a mental institution where he would die nine years later. So here's this little boy, doesn't have a father, and then ends up being a sort of a, uh, indentured servant 
to some blind musicians, street musicians, uh, and and start traveling with them and ends up with a career. But it would put him, his music would put him in the room with Baird Rustin, with Paul Robeson, with, uh, you know, he ended up with Woody Guthrie and all these famous, famous people who were so involved not only in uh, in the music industry, but they were also involved in the civil rights movement, in the union movement, and uh, many others. And that's what was sung about. He became this great guitarist who then, as we learned earlier, he lost. Uh, lost the ability to use one of his hands for a long time. You need both those hands to play guitar. You really do. You need them both in really good shape. You can kind of get away with your right hand not working that well if you just, you know, strum or use a pick. But that left hand, that has to be working, and that was the one... That was the one that he almost lost. Now, you know, after this period, after doing this show on Broadway, well, then uh, he started working with, as I said, Woody Guthrie, Lead Belly, Burl Ives, Golden Girl. He did a radio series, um, and then, uh, you know, he. Uh, he went on and um, he started a six-month engagement in New York's Village Vanguard with in a as a duo with Lead Belly. Now we'll, we'll have to do a show about Lead Belly one week. But uh, it, it, he was dubbed the uh, Joe Lewis of the blues guitar. And he went on to to do great things. But then something happened. The 1950s and the House Un-American Activity Committee. McCarthy. So let's let's hear another one. This one's called "Going Home, Boys" from Joshua. Time is up, throw these chains 
people think no more no more protest movement but last summer we had Evie Joy a young artist coming up protest music keeps on to every generation and so we learn about you know, why why did these performers talk about what was going on Performers used their platform to promote social justice in the world. And that is obviously not a new thing. Uh, when the Dixie Chicks said, what when you compare to things that the former President of the United States said on a grand stage on a regular basis, all they said was, we're against this war that uh, George Bush had just started, and we're embarrassed he's from Texas. That's all they said. That's it. That is it. Can you imagine? You know, they weren't hurling insults at people, and I, I, I don't even want to get it. I don't even want to think about the man. He is gone, yes, I know, he announced he's running. And a special counsel was uh, put in charge of the investigation by Merrick Garland. But, uh, well, yeah, 
we don't care about him right now. What we care about is folk music and the influence of protest music on our society. We're speaking in particular today about Josh White. Now, it's interesting, you know, after doing the, uh, the show, the Broadway show, and, and doing some more recordings, White teamed up with Libby Coleman, a torch singer, young Jewish woman who was branded an immoral woman for allegedly killing her millionaire husband, which I think is probably also not true. And apparently it was a uh, quite controversial because they were the first mixed race male and female artists to perform together and they not only recorded together they toured together in some previously segregated venues across the south and they did that on that for six years and as you can imagine that was not only controversial, that could be dangerous. Yeah, Weinhelden frequently requested that the War Department send them overseas during World War II to give USO performances, despite a letter of recommendation from Eleanor Roosevelt herself they were repeatedly rejected as too controversial. Uh, you know, at the time, guess what? U.S. Armed Forces was still segregated. And so, hmm, this white Jewish woman and black man named Josh White, who couldn't have that? But it, it was during this time that they actually became friends with the Roosevelt's. So much of this story, most of us have never heard, I'm sure I never heard it, with Josh White before I started looking him up last week. But it's a fascinating story. Let's hear another one of his songs. This one is called No More Blues. No more, no more, no more bread, 
headlines after this war. No more bread in the headlines after this war. I'd like to see, quick God, like to see those two chickens in my pot. I remember two other chickens I never got. No more, no more, no more Jim Crow right down the line. Fascist footage, can't see no color, Lord, they're colorblind. Re-elect President Roosevelt and elect the Progressive Congress. Vote Rose C. plug in there at the end. Isn't that great? You just never know what you're going to get. I tell you what. Interesting, interesting story we're learning about today. About Josh White. Didn't even know he existed. Now? Wow. I can't. uh, Can't stop absorbing more information about this guy. Just had an impact and we just learned that he was in the first duo that was mixed race and and uh, not just mixed race mixed gender and mixed religion oh he a Christian grew up singing in the church and uh, she a Jewish woman like me of course I'm not nearly as talented or talented Let's hear uh, another song that I'm sure you will recognize as one of the early protest songs made famous by Billie Holiday. Here's Josh White with Strange Fruit. trees bear a strange fruit blood on the leaves and blood at the root black body swinging in the southern trees oh 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 pastoral scene of the gallant Twisted mouth, scent of magnolia, sweet and fresh, and the sudden smell of burning flesh. 
Here is a fruit for the crows to pluck, for the rain to gather, and for the wind to suck, for the sun to rot, for the tree to drop. Oh, here is a strange and bitter crop. Josh White singing. Many of these songs that you're hearing today were not just recorded by Josh White. They were recorded by many. A blues artist and folk singer and protest singer. That one, probably one of the most famous. He later, he went on to, as I said, become uh, close friends with European royalty, aristocracy, white society, and the Roosevelts. He became friends with the Roosevelt to the point that when he had to go speak before the House Un-American Activities Committee, you know, McCarthy and all of that, he took his his statement that he was going to make before the committee that he had written. He first took it to Eleanor Roosevelt, who was a friend by that time. And he showed it to her and she said, you know, you don't want to go before this committee. Uh, you know, I really don't think you should do this. Then he took it to Paul Robeson, who had made some controversial statements at that point, which he actually addressed in that, that, that he didn't agree with what Robeson had said. But he showed it to Robeson before he said it. But because of that denunciation of Robeson in the speech, well, then the left assumed that he had given people up, which he did not. He didn't give anybody up. He just made his statement. So after that, before, after appearing before the House Un-American Activities Committee, headed by McCarthy, Joseph McCarthy, he was then blacklisted by both the right, because of McCarthy, but also by the left, because they thought he had turned tailcoat and had given up a whole bunch of people, which he didn't. So wrongly 
accused by both sides and blacklisted by both sides. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of the show here. But I do want to get in a couple more songs before we go. First, we're going to hear Jerry and then Chain Gang Bound. Josh White, Jerry and then Chain Gang Bound.
Stay in prison.